People ask me all the time, can trust be repaired? And I say, no. Can it be rebuilt? Yes. It's a big job though. I look at trust like a brick wall. You know, the only way I know of a brick wall being built is brick by brick by brick. It's the same thing with trust. Every opportunity someone has to show that they're trustworthy, that's one brick in that brick wall. So it takes time. Midlife Ladies. This is the Dear Midlife Podcast. Unapologetic girl talk that will help you remember who you are and figure out who in the hell you want to become. I'm Shelby Bybee, karaoke party queen, single mom, and an extrovert to a fault. And I'm Trinity Greenfield, a wild-haired woman full of sass, sparkle, and a heavy dose of black girl magic. So grab a glass and let's dive into the messy middle. Okay, let me share with you some pretty astounding statistics about our topic today. This causes 81% of people to feel a loss of personal power after this experience. 94% deal with painful triggers. 71% have low energy. 47% have weight changes. 84% experience an inability to trust. And 67% prevent themselves from being involved in deep relationships. Girl, today we are here to discuss the topic of betrayal and the impact it can have in our lives. You see, betrayal is a trauma that is unlike any other because betrayal happens when those you're closest to and trust the most break that trust and it becomes so personal and is therefore extremely difficult to heal from and can cause a tremendous feeling of loss and sense of self. The reality is that trust cannot be repaired. It can only be rebuilt. And our guest today, Dr. Debbie Silber, is the founder of the PBT Post-Betrayal Transformation Institute and is a holistic psychologist, a health mindset and personal development expert. She's a two-time number one international best-selling author of several books, including The Unshakable Woman, Four Steps to Rebuilding Your Body, Mind, and Life After a Life Crisis, From Hardened to Healed, The Effortless Path to Release Resistance, Get Unstuck and Create a Life You Love, and trust again. Her podcast, From Betrayal to Breakthrough, is also globally ranked. Dr. Debbie has completed a PhD on how we experience betrayal and has made three groundbreaking discoveries that change how long it takes us to heal. And we'll share these discoveries with you in our podcast today. In addition to being on Fox, CBS, The Dr. Oz Show, two-time TEDx speaker, and more. She's an award-winning speaker coach and dedicated to helping people move past their betrayals, as well as any other blocks preventing them from the health, work, relationships, confidence, and happiness they want most. So buckle in, girl. This is a juicy episode. And if you are loving this podcast, please share it with a friend. Leave us a review. That helps us to understand that what we're putting out there in the universe is being well-received. We love you. Can't wait to dive into this episode with you. So without further ado, let's welcome Dr. Debbie Silver. Welcome today, Debbie. We're happy to have you. Welcome. Thank you. Looking forward to our conversation. I am so excited about this conversation because it's a different kind of perspective, I think, than we've had on this podcast before. And so since your primary focus is around this idea of betrayal, I would really just love to start with what is your definition of betrayal and kind of what is the impact? Mm. Sure. You know, well, first of all, no one studies betrayal because you're like, I like this topic. Let me study it you know, <laughs> because you have to. And, and just so everybody knows my story, you know, it was in health and the mindset and personal development. I had a really painful betrayal from my family, thought I did everything I needed to do to heal from that. A few years later, it happened again. This time it was my husband. That was the deal breaker. Got him out of the house, looked at the two experiences thinking what's similar to these two. Of course me, but what else? 
and realized, you know, I never took my own needs seriously. Boundaries were always getting crossed. Mm. So I, I, I decided to make a, a bold change for me. And here I was four kids, six dogs, thriving business. Wow. And I went back for a PhD. Uh, a book wasn't getting me out of this mess. Like I needed a whole PhD. Right. Yeah. And, <laughs> um, and it was in transport personal psychology, psychology of transformation and human potential. And while I was there, I did a study. I studied betrayal. What holds us back? What helps us heal? And what happens to us physically, mentally, and emotionally when the people closest to us lie, cheat, and deceive? That study led to three groundbreaking discoveries, which changed my health, my family, my work, my life. And happy to share the discoveries. But to answer your question, uh, betrayal hurts so much because this was the person or these were the people who gave us a sense of safety and security. Yeah. So when this is the person or these are the people to shatter that very sense of safety and security is traumatizing. Mm, absolutely. I think there's so much that we put on the line when we say, you are my person. I'm going to trust you no matter what it is. I know I'm safe with you. It's like this, you know, I, I think of it as being akin to, your home, right? We all know Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Well, for someone like me, especially, I put my trust in a person. You are like a home to me. And, and the betrayal of that trust feels like the burning down of your mm-hmm. house. Mm-hmm. And there's this total emptiness. Where do I go from here? How do I move past this and begin to rebuild can feel so impossible. Yeah, you're right. And and it is a complete tearing down. And people ask me all the time, can trust be repaired? And I say, no, can it be rebuilt? Yes. It's a big job though. I use this analogy of, I look at trust like a brick wall. You know, the only way I know of a brick wall being built is brick by brick by brick, right? Like every, it's the same thing with trust. Every opportunity someone has to show that they're trustworthy, that's one brick in that brick wall. So it takes time. But then imagine this brick wall being built. And then in one earth shattering moment, someone just tears down the whole brick wall, right? You can look at the rubble of bricks and say, I don't have the least bit of interest in watching that thing get rebuilt. Totally fine. Walk away. However, if you're willing to watch the brick wall be rebuilt as the person who's been betrayed, that would be your role. The other person has to be a really good bricklayer. And it goes up the same way it went up the first time, brick by brick by brick. Here's the problem. I see so many people, the brick wall's been built. Someone shatters the brick wall. They don't really have much of an interest in rebuilding it. So the person who's been betrayed is like, fine, I'll do it. No, that's why they never feel safe. That's why they don't trust. It's not their job. Yes. yes. I think that's so important. And it actually, I, I wanted to pull that thread just a little bit because you said in your opening story, as you were sharing that, what was the mm-hmm. common denominator? It was me. So let's unpack that a little bit and help us understand why do women feel obligated? Why do we pick up the pieces ourselves and what can we do differently instead? Yeah. I'm not suggesting for a minute that it's our fault. It is our opportunity though. What happens is there's a profound lesson that needs to be learned. Maybe the lesson is you are lovable, worthy, deserving. You need better boundaries in place, whatever it is. Until and unless you get that, you're going to have opportunities in the form of people to teach you. And the lesson gets louder and louder until you pay attention. So one of the most common things I'll see, we see an unhealed betrayal in health and work and relationships. And one of the ways we'll see it in relationships, so common, it's a repeat betrayal. The face has changed, but it's the same thing, right? We keep going from partner to partner to partner, boss to boss, about friend to friend to friend. Is it me? Yes, it is. Not in that it's your fault. You're not getting that lesson. Like, for example, for me, it was you know, for me to enroll in this PhD program, I didn't know how I was going to pay for it. I didn't know how I was going to manage the time. I mean, any of it, I had never done anything like that for myself, Mm -hmm. but it was so big for me. And it changed my entire life, my entire family, my entire business. If nothing Mm -hmm. changes, nothing changes. Yeah. So powerful. So that is so important. So let's talk about, you mentioned your three pillars that changed your life. So what Mm -hmm. were those three pillars and, you know, how did those transform you? Yeah. So the first, it was those three discoveries. The first one was, you know, I, I felt like betrayal was a different type of trauma. 
you know, I, I didn't want to, I didn't want to assume, but like I had been through death of a loved one. I'd been through disease and I was like, mm, betrayal feels different for me. I didn't want to assume it was the same for all my study participants. So I asked them, if you've been through other traumas besides betrayal, does it feel different for you? Every one of them said, oh my gosh, yes. And here's why, because it feels so intentional, we take it so personally. So yeah. the entire self get shattered and has to be rebuilt. Think about it. Rejection, abandonment, belonging, confidence, worthiness, trust. Like when you lose someone you love, you grieve, you're sad, you mourn the loss. You don't necessarily lose your ability to trust. It doesn't feel right. intentional, right? So that type of healing needed its own name and coined a new term, post-betrayal transformation, the complete and total rebuild of your life and yourself after an experience with betrayal. So that betrayal is a different type of trauma. That was the first discovery. Mm. Want me to get into the second one? I would love to know the second one though. I'm just wanting, you know, unpack that even a little bit more. So when this type of betrayal happens, you had started to say how it manifests itself. So how do we, how does this actually play itself out? Because one of the things that we talk about here, I think I just want to bring this to light in our podcast is specifically in midlife, you know, women face this identity crisis and I don't want to connect the dots or, or speak you know, you're the expert, but I would love to see how that does manifest itself because when these things are so personal, how do you even climb out of that? You know, and how does it manifest itself? What do you see? You know, just the whole midlife piece, what I'll speak to that. What happens is you get to this point where what used to work doesn't work anymore. What used Mm -hmm. to make sense doesn't make sense anymore. What used to feel good doesn't feel good anymore. That's a call to play bigger. And when you're aligned, when you're in integrity, that's exactly what you do. When you're not, you look to numb, avoid, escape. And that's where someone may, you know, not that there's a good reason to betray, but a common reason to betray. So that's just something, a midlife thing that I see all the time. But, you know, so that's, that's definitely one of the factors. But what happens is you, and I just, I want to get to the second discovery, because if you're not... Uh, deliberate and intentional about figuring out who you are, what you want, and you're just drowning in what do I do with all of this feeling of discomfort? Mm-hmm. First of all, that's a recipe for betrayal. Or second, right. the other part is you're at, you know you're on the receiving end of it, and then you're so convinced that it has something to do with you. So that's a classic recipe for post-betrayal syndrome. And that was the second discovery. And what we what was discovered was there's a collection of symptoms, physical, mental, and emotional, so common to betrayal, it's known as post-betrayal syndrome. So we've had over 90,000 or so people take our post-betrayal syndrome quiz on our site to mm-hmm. see to what extent they're struggling. What's so interesting about that is we've all been taught time heals all wounds, I have the proof that when it comes to betrayal, that's not true. There's a question that says, is there anything else you'd like to share? And people write things like my betrayal happened 35 years ago. I'm unwilling to trust my betrayal happened 40 years ago. I can still feel the hate. My betrayal happened 15 years ago. Feels like it happened yesterday. So we know you cannot count on time. You can't even count on a new relationship to heal it. Healing needs to be deliberate and intentional, or it will follow you around like a shadow in every relationship and in every single thing you do. Wow. And I'm not saying that to scare anybody. I'm saying it because you could heal from all of it. And I'm happy to share some of the statistics uh, of post-betrayal syndrome. Yeah. I would love to hear some of the statistics. And then Debbie, I would also love to hear then what do you do differently? Like Mm -hmm. if this, if this wound is so deep, it can last for 40 years. How do you mm-hmm. heal? Mm. Yeah. Great question. That's the third discovery mm. that you can, you can do <laughs> all of it. So, so I'll just quickly go over some stats and then we'll get to the third discovery. So okay. um, now imagine 90,000 plus people, men, women, just about every country is represented. 78% constantly revisit their experience. 81% feel a loss of personal power. Hmm. 80% are hypervigilant. I mean, that's exhausting just right there. Hmm. 94% deal with painful triggers. And if you've had triggers, you know how painful and debilitating they are. Mm -hmm. Here are some physical symptoms. 
71% have low energy, 68% have sleep issues, 63% have extreme fatigue. You wake up, you're exhausted, your adrenals have tanked. 47% have weight changes. So in the beginning, you can't hold food down. Later on, you're, you're using food for comfort. 45% have a digestive issue. And that could be anything. Crohn's, IBS, diverticulitis, constipation, diarrhea, bloating, you name it. The most common mental symptoms. 78% are overwhelmed. 70% are walking around in a state of disbelief. 64% are in shock. 62% can't concentrate. So imagine you can't concentrate. You have a gut issue. You're exhausted. Yeah. You still have to take care of your kids. You still have to work. That's not even yeah. the emotional ones. Right. Emotionally, 88% experience extreme sadness. 83% are really angry. Real common to bounce back and forth between those two emotions all day long, right? 79% are stressed. Just a few more. Here's why I wrote trust again. 84% have an inability to trust. That just killed me. 67% prevent themselves from forming deep relationships because they're afraid of being hurt again. 82% find it hard to move forward. 90% want to move forward, but they don't know how. That is unbelievable. And the thing that stands out to me is that so many of those symptoms mm -hmm. um, and what people are experiencing, it's like you're describing the masses. It's mm -hmm. like you're describing the masses. So many of the women that I love and I hang out with and that I work with and that can check 10 mm -hmm. of those boxes off easy. Yeah. And think about it. You know, here's what's even crazier, right? When you, you heard those stats, you didn't hear me say one thing, 20%, 30%. These numbers are high. They're, They're high. Also, they're also not necessarily from a recent betrayal. So this could be the parent who did something awful when you were a kid. This could be the girlfriend or boyfriend who broke your heart in high school. So think of this, that person may not know, care, even remember, they may not even be alive. And here we are walking around with symptoms today because of something that, that we haven't cleaned up from early on. That's the biggest crime. And then we numb, we suppress. And the good news is we can heal from all of it. So mm -hmm. that's the third discovery. Mm. Wow. Happy to share that one if you want to hear it. I feel like I gave you such bad news. I want to give you some good news. I know, <laughs> Bring right? Good news, girl. I'm still like marinating in this. Yeah. Wow. So the, yeah, it, it's, it's crazy. You know, like I said, the good news is we can heal from all of it. For me, this was the most exciting discovery. And what was discovered was while we can stay stuck for years, decades, a lifetime, and so many people do, I bet half the people you're talking about, you, you, will, you will picture them as I go through this. If they're going to fully heal, and by fully heal, I mean those symptoms like I just shared of post-betrayal syndrome to that fully rebuilt place of post-betrayal transformation, we're going to go through five now proven predictable stages. And what's even more exciting about that is we know what happens physically, mentally, emotionally at every single stage. And we know what you need to do to move from one stage to the next. Healing is entirely predictable. You know, that's really fascinating. And I would love to dive into that a little bit more because, you know, you mentioned grief earlier. And I think that, you know, the phases of grief are a little bit more unpredictable. And so I would really love to know a little bit more about what are these stages that we can move through and what are the milestones or gates that move you, for example, from one stage to the next. Yeah. And, and there's a really important aspect of grieving in one particular spot, but okay. So they're all mapped out in trust. Again, it's all we do within the PBT Institute. It's what all of our coaches are certified in. Here's a, here's a synopsis of it. Stage one is like before it happens. And if you can imagine four legs of a table, the four legs being physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual, what I saw with every study participant, me too, was a real um, heavy lean on the physical and the mental thinking and doing, right? And kind of neglecting or ignoring the emotional and the spiritual feeling and being. Mm. Well, if the table only has two legs, easy for a table to topple over. That's us. Stage two, the scariest of all of the stages, shock. Trauma D-Day, Discovery Day, 
And this is the breakdown of the body, the mind, and the worldview. Right here, you've gotten the news. You've ignited the stress response. You are headed for every single stress-related symptom, illness, condition, disease. Your mind is in a complete state of chaos and overwhelm. You cannot wrap your mind around what you just learned. This makes no sense. And your worldview has just been shattered. Your worldview is your mental model. The rules that govern you that prevent chaos. Don't go there. Trust this person. These are the rules, you know, and in one earth shattering moment, every rule you've ever held to be real and true is no longer. The bottom has bottomed out on you and a new bottom hasn't been formed yet. This is terrifying, but think about it. If the bottom were to bottom out on you, what would you do? You grab hold of anything you could to stay safe and stay alive. And that's stage three, survival instincts emerge. It's the most practical out of all of the stages. If you can't help me, get out of my way. How do I survive this experience? Where do I go? Who can I trust? How do I feed my kids? Here's the trap though. Stage three by far is the most common place we get stuck. And here's what I was just thinking. Oh yeah. You will picture so many people, you know, right here. Once you've figured out how to survive your experience, because it feels so much better than the shock and trauma of where you just came from, we think it's good. We're like, okay, I got this. And because we don't know there's anywhere else to go, we don't know there's a stage four or stage five. Transformation doesn't even start until stage four. But because we don't know there's anywhere else to go, we park here. We plant roots here. We're not supposed to, but we don't know that. And four things happen. The first thing is we start to get all those small self benefits. You know, we get our story. We like our story. You know, we get, we get someone to blame. We get a target for our anger. We get sympathy from everyone. We tell our story to, we don't have to do the hard work of learning to trust again. Can I trust you? Should I trust you? You know what? I'm not trusting anybody. Done with that. That's it. Right. And so we plant deeper roots again. We're not supposed to, but we don't know. And now because we're here longer than we should be now, the mind starts doing things like, well, maybe you're not all that great. Maybe you deserved it. Maybe this, maybe that. So we plant deeper roots again. We're not supposed to be here, but we don't know now because these are the thoughts we're thinking. This is the energy we're putting out. Well, like energy attracts like energy. So now, right. So now you're calling situations and circumstances and even new relationships towards you to confirm, yep, this is where you belong. Here's what where you find betrayer it. can I bring into my life? Come right. on, open. And I exactly. want to also hone in on the fact that earlier you mentioned that we are not getting a message. So I feel like, you know, you've mentioned, and if I want to circle back to that and tie that into what you're saying now, is that we already as women have these narratives that we have told ourselves through our entire life that probably are rooted back to the way that we were raised, our childhood, whatever those traumas were that happened then. So what I almost hear you saying is that these negative narratives just are getting reinforced at this stage in this, in this betrayal process. Exactly. And then think about it. Now the misery loves company crowd comes along. You join your support group and you sabotage yourself because you don't want to outgrow your people. Mm -hmm. And then let's say you go to therapy. And if that therapist isn't highly skilled in betrayal and you just unpack it each time, that's like crazy glue for stage three. And I'm a psychologist, but I'm a coach first. And then you leave there and you're just reinforcing your story without a strategic plan to move forward from it. And here's, it gets worse, but I'll get you out of here because it feels so bad, but you don't know where there's anywhere else to go right here. You resign yourself. You're like, this stinks, but I mean, I have to get through my day. I have to raise my kids. So now at this one spot, here's where you start using food, drugs, alcohol, work, TV, keeping busy, whatever it is for you to numb, avoid and distract yourself from what's so painful to feel. There you go. So think about it. You do it for a day, a week, a month. Now it's a habit, a year, 10 years, 20 years. And I can see someone 20 years later and say, that emotional eating you're doing, that numbing in front of the TV, do you think that has anything to do with your betrayal? And they would look at me like I'm crazy. Right. See if it happened 20 years ago. All they did was lock themselves in stage three and stay there. That makes sense? Yes. Yeah. That's, that's what we do. And that's oh, why. 
That's where people stay for life. And then once they get the new relationships and once they're there for so long and then it becomes their identity, that's who they are. That's it. Are they even able to form new relationships at this point is the million dollar question. Because I think, you know, having these negative narratives and not being able to dig yourself out of that doesn't seem to lend itself very well to being able to even engage in a new relationship because you're always sort of on the defensive. If you've got these narratives built up in your head, I would think. You, you, you're either going to have repeat betrayals here or you put the big wall up. You're like, nope, yeah. been there, done that. No one's getting close to me again. So you will, you can definitely have relationships, but you have something very, uh, very low energy in, in common with yeah. that person. You haven't grown yet. You haven't transformed yet. You know, the, the, the idea is betrayal lends itself. And I want to make sure I get to stage four and five. I can't leave you in three. Uh, Betrayal lends itself to creating an entirely new identity. You take all the parts you love and you leave behind everything that no longer serves. And you create a version of yourself that never would have had the opportunity to be created. Had that not happened, that's trauma well served. Mm -hmm. Mm. Right. But but most people, then how do we do that? Right. How do we let go of that? I think that's the hard part, right? How do we leave that behind eventually? And even how do we realize that we're stuck? Because I think sometimes we aren't to your point, even attributing this feeling of being stuck to this past trauma or betrayal. So how do we dig ourselves out of that? Yeah. Well, you, you get to stage four and stage five. So, you know, one of the biggest words right here is willingness. When you are willing to let go of your story and all you get from it, uh, grieve, here's where grieving comes in, mourn the loss. You move to do a bunch of other things. You move to stage four. Stage four is finding and adjusting to a new normal. So here's where you acknowledge, I can't undo what happened, happened, but I control what I do with it. And stage four feels like if you've ever moved, if you've ever moved to a new house, office, condo, whatever, all your stuff's not there. You know, it's not quite cozy yet, but you're like, okay, all right, we can do this. We got this. It feels like that. But think about it. If you were to move, you don't take everything with you, right? You don't take the things that don't like look like and represent who you want to be in your new space. And what I found was if your friends weren't there for you in this one spot, moving from stage three to stage four, you don't take them with you. If they don't rise, they don't come. And I get, and people say to me all the time, what the heck? I've had these friends 10, 20, 30 years. Is it me? Yes, it is. You're undergoing a transformation. And if they wow. don't rise, they don't come. Very common to, to outgrow friends at this point. Um, when we're in this new space mentally and we make it, you know, make it kind of cozy, make it home, we move into the fifth most beautiful stage. And this is healing, rebirth, and a new worldview. The body starts to heal. Self-love, self-care, eating well exercise. We couldn't do that earlier. We were, we were surviving. Now we have the bandwidth for it. We have a new um, work. You know, we have, our mind is healing. We're making new rules. We're making new boundaries based on, on the road we just traveled. And we have a new worldview, you know, based on what we see so clearly now and the four legs of the table in the beginning, it was all about the physical and the mental. By this yeah. point, we're solidly grounded because we're focused on the emotional and the spiritual too. Those are the five stages. It's so interesting because I see myself in those five stages and I don't even know necessarily how I've moved through them. You know, maybe it's just been all of the great guests and and women on our podcast that have helped me to kind of put pieces together. But even, you know, last October, like for the first time in my life, I started working out and I have this renewed sense of self and growth and identity and new boundaries that I've been putting in place in my life. And I know all of that's tied together. Mm-hmm. I just don't, didn't really know how or why until I just now heard you say it. And it's remarkable to me. And I'm like, how did, how did I get here? Yeah. You were doing it without even being conscious. Yeah. I mean, so now imagine however long it took you, there's exactly. a roadmap. So if people are like, if they're willing to be like, okay, this is what I need to do to go from stage two to stage three. All right, bring it. This is what I need to do to go from three to four. Okay. So, and here's the thing too, because betrayal hits us on every level, Mm -hmm. physically, mentally, emotionally, psychologically, spiritually, it needs to be healed on every level too. Mm -hmm. And one of the biggest mistakes I see people making is they think, okay, I'll just, you know, do some 
just something to help me mentally and emotionally. It's physical too. All of it needs to be cleaned up. And that has been the most healing thing for me. And then I've even noticed if now, and I've never understood these people that are like, oh, I have to work out for my mental health. And I'm like, you're weird. Nobody really does that. You work out because you want to torture yourself. This is what I've always believed. And Mm -hmm. so even like last week, I worked out very little because of some circumstances that were going on at home. And I found myself starting to become anxious, starting to get really panicky. And I couldn't even put my finger onto why crying at night, just at the drop of a hat. And this week was like, get back in it, girl, just because you fell off the horse for a week. We're not following our old patterns where before, if I stopped for a week, what did it mean? I stopped forever. Right. And now it was like, get back on it. And instantly feeling that strength and that connection to the physical coming back on board, which I've never experienced before. Exactly. And then think about it when you surround yourself with people doing the same thing. Yes. That's why the friendships can change because Mm. if you were, let's say only with a group who thought, you know, working out was the biggest waste of time. Let's just hang on the couch and, you know, and eat garbage. Well, right. And then, and then that's, that's your group. Now think about what we do. So often we sabotage ourselves because those are our people. And we don't want to outgrow them. So when we have our new group that inspires us to play a bigger game, we're not as afraid of that growth because we're not alone in it. I love that. So here's my question. I felt like I had suffered. I think I would call it a betrayal. And again, I think that the definition of betrayal is a little bit different for, for each person. What does constitute a, a, a betrayal? And so I think I did almost those same steps a bit in reverse. And I don't know, it sounds like you've got this very predictable chronology to these five steps and that you could likely move through them faster and faster as you understand what those steps are and you recognize how to transform yourself after a betrayal if it happens again. But for me, I jumped straight into what I think was the healthy practices. I jumped into the physical, you know, getting physically fit. I jumped into the journaling practice. I jumped into, I was right away willing to open my heart to a new relationship right away. I was willing to take a step back and acknowledge that, you know, I needed to heal and move on. And that was my, my process was kind of step five, but just, Mm -hmm. I don't know, in the last year, uh, I think I realized that I don't think I actually have, in fact, healed from like this steps. I like reversed the steps and now I've almost gone backward. And I started again with that real, you know, the experience, the realization and the, you know, feeling stuck. And now I'm just slowly pulling myself out of that. So help me understand is, is, does that happen for w- other women or am I the anomaly here or <laughs> no, no, I even heal the betrayal to begin with. And I just jumped in at, at a different starting point. You wanted to be healed and you had the best of intentions, but that we have a saying in the PBT Institute, it's face it, feel it, heal it. It's a reckoning. Mm-hmm. And until, and unless you do that, you know, we're going to, it's like that. You've heard the term, maybe toxic positivity, right? We want the end goal but there's no way to it, but through it. I mean, you just, you just can't. And, and it's painful because you're, you're taking on all of it, but when you do, you're moving through it for good. So you're, you know, we have another saying, I've been saying this 30 years. It applies to every single aspect of life. Ready? Hard now, easy later, easy now, hard later. Take your pick. It's going to be one of those two. What so many people do is easy now, right? Easy now. I'll take the pills. I'll numb myself. I'll just do the whatever, you know, the, the other thing in the hopes that I'll heal hard now, you know, hard later, it's still there. Like, for example, and I've seen this so many times, I work with our members at the highest level in our transform program. And they'll say, Oh my gosh, I started this amazing nutrition program and and I'm working out and this, isn't that great? No, no, it's not with someone else. It would be wonderful, 
But what they're doing is they're doing what's easy for them because if they dive into that stuff, they don't have to dive into the deep heart work. Mm-hmm. You get it? Does that make sense? So yeah. best of intentions. It's so great that they did that, but because, but what they've done is they chose that and I don't want to minimize it. It's still amazing, but they're doing that in as a way of, well, I'm doing this. That's really good. Right. So they don't have to look at the other stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's funny, Shelby, it's ex- Dr. W. You don't know this about Shelby, but she's an extreme performer. Like she will go straight to, I will perform and do all the things and get all the things and move out the way. Cause we're doing the things now. Yeah. And so I would imagine Shelby that that would be your natural, like, let me get lost in the things and do all the things because that's your safe space. Right. Because if we're doing, then it's like, well, I'm being really constructive. I'm really getting a lot of stuff done, mm-hmm. but that's not, that. yeah, but that's not the stuff that needs to get done. Yeah. No, I think you're right. I think it's, you know, whatever you want to call it, a trauma response. You know, we hear about yeah. these trauma response, fight, flight, freeze. And so it's definitely my, uh, I think, go-to mode of operation to run away from the actual feeling of my feelings. Mm. So, yeah, I think that that's a, a good a good point for sure that you're right, Trinity. I just jumped right into the doing because that felt safe and it felt comfortable. My extreme performance felt like oh, if I'm doing more things then you know, then I must Surely, be I'm healing. maybe you call it toxic positivity, whatever it is. But it's weird because you also have that, you know, you're the first one to cry. You're the yeah. first one to, you know, feel those emotions. So I do mm-hmm. think it's a, a strange dichotomy. You know, it's, it's a beautiful thing. And what I've seen is when someone likes, like you does the work to truly move through the stages the stage five version of them is so mind blowing. Mm. Who you become is so different because you've you've gone through all of it. Like this version of me is very different than before betrayal because it's earned. It's a very different feeling when it's earned and when you're just doing the stuff. And I'm a great doer, right? Mm. Type A, triple A, all that. When you take yourself on and, and everything that goes along with it and you earn that, I mean, I see our members, the, the, the new businesses, the new health, the new relationships, all of it just earned because of who they've become. Mm. So it's, it's, it's tremendous work. I mean, you, you have everything it takes to move through it. You just have to be willing. So help our listener out there. Who's been through betrayal, help us know what are some things that she can start to do to set her on this five stage path. If she is sitting here listening today and recognizing, man, I've just been through this betrayal. What, what are the first things that she needs to be doing? Yeah. First of all, I would, you know, I want, I want this person to know and everybody who's been through it, even though it happened to you, it's not about you. Mm. And you need to repeat that maybe a million times until you believe it, but it's really, really true. Uh, So that's the first thing. And then knowing what stage you're in and then realizing there's a roadmap. Don't stay stuck. The worst of it happened already. You owe it to yourself to do something really good with something painful, because think about it. If you're allowing someone else's actions to keep you stuck in stage three and all that goes with it, illness, disease, mm-hmm. everything's terrible in your health and your work and your relationships. Mm-hmm. Look at the power you're continuing to give that person. Like, I hope that aggravates everyone enough to say, oh, no, 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 no. They've taken enough already. And now, you know, there's, there's a saying, I love it. And it's the best revenge is a life well-lived. I love that. Well, on that note too, I love that too. The best revenge is a life well lived. I, I feel like your five stages were so clear and, but also easier said than done, (laughs) you know? So really what I would love to know, and I know that you said, what was the exact phrase? You said it, trust cannot be repaired. It Mm -hmm. can't be rebuilt. Mm -hmm. So tell us, 
if we have gone through these stages and we are now living our best lives, Mm -hmm. we still have to go forward and, or perhaps we want to go forward and build a new relationship with the next person. Mm -hmm. What can we do to start rebuilding that trust? And I think it starts with us, but what can we do to, to start building that trust? Yeah. And, and, you know, and you're right. It is the hardest and the most transformative work you'll ever do. Mm-hmm. And that's why, that's why so many people don't do it. They're like, that's too hard. I have my story. I'll take my meds. I'll numb myself. I'm good. You know, and, and it's not to judge. That's where they're at. That They have all that goes with it. And, and that's okay. That's okay. Uh, you know, although it could be so much better. So once you know how much better it could be, why in the world would you settle for that? Right. Yeah. You know, I use this example a lot of uh, my kids used to love Legos, right? So now imagine there's this like Lego structure sitting in the corner of the room. It's not great. It's just there. And then all of a sudden it's just destroyed. You know, the way it works with, with transforming after betrayal is you don't build the same thing again. You look at it, you're like, you know what? I didn't like the way it was. I didn't even like those colors. I didn't like the way it did this and that. You get to deliberately and intentionally create whatever you want. That's the opportunity. But, you know, I, I did two TEDx talks. And in the first one, I remember saying, when the pain of where you are becomes greater than the fear of the unknown, you jump. And the pain isn't big enough. The pain isn't great enough. So you're settling for like just this low level of health and work and relationships and life because the pain isn't great enough. The familiarity of where you are is the only benefit. That's the only thing that it's familiar and it's greater than the fear of the unknown. Think about it. That's the only thing that it's just familiar. It stinks. It's causing you your health, your everything, but you know it, you get it. So you keep it totally up to you. And so, you know, is this something we can process with our girlfriends? Is it something that we need therapy or counseling or, yeah, you know, is, um, is there a book, is a book going to do it? Is there a process we can follow? How do we get there? Yeah. You know, I, a lot of people do a tremendous amount of healing just by reading trust again, because it, it has the five stages in there. Yes. Um, be very careful with your friends because your friends are, are helping you through their lens. They can't help it, right? They just either, maybe they just want you over it already. So they'll minimize it. Maybe they think it's contagious. So they'll stay away from you. Or maybe they say really dumb things. Like I'll never forget. One of my friends looked at me one day and she goes, Debbie, I am so glad I'm not you. <laughs> wow. And she thought she was, she thought she was helping. So, so you have to be really, really careful of the counselor. If that counselor isn't highly skilled in betrayal, you could be blamed. Well, if you just communicate better, you know, you could hear something like that. So you have to know who you're sharing this with. And it's really common for someone who's been betrayed to protect the betrayer at their own expense. Like everybody loves them. They don't want them to look at them in a bad way. They don't want to hear about it. They're filled with so much shame and they're embarrassed and like as if it's them that did it. So they keep it to themselves and they struggle and suffer in, si- in silence. And that's not healthy either. So you need to speak with um, the right people. I mean, that, that's why I certify our coaches, whether they work within the Institute or on their own, to just get this message out about the five stages. So uh, yeah, yeah, you can you can heal from all of it. Love it. Yeah. So it sounds like though, what I, if I'm interpreting what you're saying is we need to go through the five stages and become transformed and evolve ourselves and want something new and something more out of our own lives. And when we reach that place of transformation, then rebuilding trust is born out of this new spirit, this new person that we've embodied and in that space of confidence and in that space of strength, then we can start to do something differently than what we did the last time. 
in everything that we do and every step that we take and every new friendship that or relationship that we form is this fresh start to just take a new approach from a space of strength and confidence that we didn't have previously. Yes. And we're still doing the work to rebuild trust because when trust is shattered, it's so foundational. It affects everything because think about it. This was the person we trusted the most. We say, where was I? How did I not see? How did I not know? So we lose trust in ourselves. So if I can't trust the person I trusted the most and I don't trust myself, how do I trust anything, anyone? So it needs to be rebuilt from the ground up. Mm -hmm. Got it. And just through a new lens and maybe with new support structures in place, what I hear you saying and in a variety of new tools that you've gotten through this journey that will help you rebuild that trust. Oh, sure. I mean, I teach it. It's in trust again, too. It's the four part trust rebuilding process. Most people just dive right into, well, you know what? It just feels so good to trust someone else. And let me just let me just trust again. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, there's, there's something so beautiful to that. What you don't want to do is have somebody's choices, have you decided never to trust anybody again. Although yeah. if you don't do the stages before that, or the levels before that, you're not ready. The foundation isn't built. So we need to build that, you know, a new sense of trust on a rock solid foundation, you know, building that foundation, rebuilding self-trust, trusting in our, our gut, you know, our intuition. And and when it's all rebuilt from the ground up and we feel that sense of safety and security, only then do we slowly, carefully, and cautiously trust in others. And the best of intentions, I just want to trust that person. If the other stuff isn't rebuilt, it doesn't have the, it doesn't have the foundation. It doesn't have the support. Yeah. Yes. Well, my goodness, that was so much wonderful information that I'm really actually mentioned your book a couple of times. Trust again. I am assuming that we can get that anywhere books are sold. Um, Where else, if our listener wanted to find you, I know you also mentioned that you have a a first in-person face-to-face retreat coming up. It sounds like you do a lot of these programs. Tell us a little bit about where our listener can find you. Yeah, they can find everything at the PBT as in post-betrayal transformation, the PBT institute.com. We have programs for the betrayer too. So everything is there. And and that's amazing. I'll tell you, I work with them uh, in a group setting. They work with our coaches. We give them our signature program. So they really uh, get the, you know, that empathy piece. It's, it's amazing what these people, uh, they are ready and they become someone they're so proud of. And uh, it's beautiful to watch. It's not going to be everybody. Some betrayers are just on to the next, but the ones who really get it, I don't even know. Did I share my own personal story? Just to close the loop on that? Yeah. Okay. So rebuilding is always a choice, whether you rebuild yourself and move on. And that's what I did with my family. It wasn't an option to rebuild with them. Or if the situation lends itself, if you're willing, if you want to, you rebuild something from the ground up new with the person who hurt you. That's what Mm -hmm. I did with my husband. So not long ago, as two totally transformed people, we married each other again. New rings, new vows, new dress, and our four kids is our bridal party. Never in a bazillion years would I have done that if I wasn't totally transformed and for sure if he wasn't either. That is a great story. It gives me so much hope. You have no idea how much that speaks to my soul, Dr. Debbie. Yeah. So glad. But listen, betrayal, betrayal will totally reveal who someone is it also can wake them up completely. And when that person is woken up and when the betrayed is woken up, they could build themselves up and have two completely separate, wonderful lives. Or who knows, you know, there's, there's that opportunity to uh, rebuild something entirely new. So yes, I had a story of everybody important to me betrayed me, but the story of you know, helping so many people and our, our coaches and sharing to all these people and having a whole new family, same people, but all, yeah. all different, even the kids totally changed because of it. It's a much more fun story. And I didn't do anything anyone else couldn't do. Yes. I love that. Absolutely. You healed, heal thyself, doctor. Yes, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, thank you so much for being here today. It was so lovely. It's such a rich an informative conversation, just so much valuable information. Thank you so much. Thank you. 
Dang, Dr. Debbie, so much wisdom, so well articulated, so powerful because the message really is that betrayal, number one, is a very different trauma than any other trauma you're going to experience, but that there is a roadmap to healing. So let's take a look back and see what are some of the great takeaways that Dr. Debbie leaves us with today. Number one, look at trust like a brick wall. Trust cannot be repaired. It can be rebuilt, but it has to be rebuilt brick by brick by brick. And it is the betrayer's job to build that brick wall, not the person who was betrayed. Number two, learn that betrayal is not our fault. Girl, it is not your fault. But I love the way Dr. Debbie phrases this. It is our opportunity. In every betrayal, we learn something about the negative narrative that we're telling ourselves, perhaps unknowingly. And until that lesson is learned, you will experience repeat betrayal. Because if nothing changes, nothing changes. You have to change the way that you think about yourself, girl, before you can get into a healthy relationship. Number three, betrayal is a different type of trauma. When betrayal happens, your world is shattered. Your ability to trust, your sense of self and sense of worthiness. And this type of trauma requires a complete rebuild or transformation that is deliberate and intentional. Four, there are five predictable stages to betrayal and healing. We talked about them in our episode today. Stage one, the events leading up to the betrayal. Stage two, the actual receiving of the news of the betrayal. Stage three, survival mode, which is where most of us get stuck and stay. Stage four, recreating new identity. And stage five, healing, rebirth, and new worldview. You can get there too but it takes intention and it takes an understanding of this roadmap so that you can navigate the healing process in a faster, more effective way. Number five, face it, feel it, heal it, girl. The only way is through it. It may be easy now, but hard later. Hard now and easy later, but either way, you have to navigate all of the steps to be fully healed. But if you know those steps, once again, you can navigate them in a way with, that is intentional and focused and get to the other side of this betrayal much faster. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much to Dr. Debbie for sharing her wisdom. And thank you so much for your listenership. If you are loving this podcast, please leave us a review. Please share it with a friend. Please express what it is that you love or don't love about this podcast so we can keep serving your needs and bringing you good content. And girl, we just love these conversations and can't wait to meet right here next week in the middle.